0: Hey everybody before we get into the interview with tommy jose status i just have a few things i'd like to put in there first of all uh hey nickel city con is coming up in buffalo new york it'll be this weekend uh the weekend of may 17th so that's uh what friday saturday sunday at the at the uh, convention center right downtown in buffalo so if you want to uh come see us Geekverse folks or myself will be down there. I don't know exactly what times I'll be down there, but I'll be down there. So uh, come say hi to me there. Also, um, of course, I, I would implore you to check out the other podcasts on this feed if you had not done so already. Podcasts such as Geek Scott Game, All About Video Games, uh, Spoiler Casts, and Girls Who Geek, among other one offs here and there. Also, be sure to check out our website, thegigiverse.com. Lots of great articles coming out all the time. There's one about uh, about spoiler culture that I really enjoyed reading recently. Um, also, uh, check out the YouTube. Uh, as far as I know, not a lot been going on there lately. Uh, we're kind of in between. They're kind of in between big events. Um, although, I will say that my good friend Cecilinsky did put up a really fun video capturing people's reactions to the star wars trailer at the star wars celebration which even if you're not really a big star wars fan it's really fun to see people who who love something get all giddy about it so I, i i would love for you to check that out and uh anyway you know what let's uh get on with the interview Hey there, everybody. Uh, Welcome to another episode of The Memory Machine. My name is Nathaniel Lockhart. I'll be your host for this historical, anecdotal, pop-cultural podcast. Uh, I spoke on the MIDI bespoke Wheel, the Geekiverse Network. Uh, I am here today with a very special guest on on the podcast, a man by the name of Tommy Jose Stathis. Am I saying that correctly? Yes, Yes. thank you. Good, good. (laughs) Not everyone gets it. All right. Good, good to know um and uh let me see let me see if i i, I can if i got this straight okay the, the, it, if i'm gonna guess your elevator pitch um, I, you are a silent and early sound animation archivist and preservationist mm-hmm. yeah and exhibitionist for that matter in, well in a, in a that, film way you know. <laughs> Yeah. yeah.
1: That's a loaded word. Yes, yeah. <laughs> um, that's that's certainly true of, of some of what I do. I I do a bunch of stuff connected with that kind of film material. Um, I've also done some, in addition to archiving and and um, producing new restorations of things like that re-releasing these films for home video or for broadcasts, and also teaching animation history. That's another thing that I've gotten into Mm. in the past couple of years. So I do a bunch of things with this stuff.
0: Yeah, and uh, it it should be known that that if you're interested in any of his uh, material, that there have been a series of releases under the Cartoons on Film label that you can get on Blu-ray DVD combo sets. And uh, those are wonderful. I've actually picked up two just in the last couple of weeks, and they're yes, oh, they're great. Oh, I'm Um, glad you like them. Oh my gosh, Uh, I I I watched through the cartoon roots twice now. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it's uh, it's just such a great selection, a great smattering of uh, of those uh, cartoons. Um, So, if I could ask you uh, for for this first question, uh, what drew you? To this animation uh there wasn't um I, I i get the feeling that you're close in age to, to myself I, i'm 31 yes um and uh this particularly silent animation mm-hmm. was not very readily available to us no you know? uh i no. believe the only rubber hose animation i saw as a kid was bosco when nickelodeon would show it and then uh you know, then, they, then that went away by the time I was eight, you know, and that was it. Yeah. Uh, so so how did you get into that, given its limited availability?
1: Well, let's see. It's, it's a couple things there. Um, I'd say that from a very young age, I had a an intense interest in film and animation, as a lot of kids do. A lot of kids are very into cartoons, but sure. I also had a very big obsession with, history and um where do things come from when were they made who made them and and um how old is something and i was very fascinated by information like that um i had a very broad interest in let's say golden age animation in general Mm -hmm. and that's a lot of what i was seeing at a very young age but There were a few things here and there that I saw, like, um, let's say, black and white Mickey Mouse cartoons or a couple of Felix the Cat cartoons. And Mm. for some reason, I cannot explain why. It's sort of like a why is the sky blue kind of question. These early, very simple, monochromatic images were very attractive to me. And I found them to be very fascinating and sort of surreal, a little bit more so than color film. and in doing in in becoming really obsessed with that as a very young kid um, first trying to collect stuff on vhs tape and then eventually getting to read a couple animation history books i i became very curious about the beginnings of all this all this art form this industry and what were the films that were made at first and what were they like? And where are they? And the problem mm. with that is that in some cases, they're not anywhere because they don't survive
0: anymore. Right. So, yes.
1: So we can, we can read about them, but we can't actually watch them, which was crazy to me. And it's strange because there were a few, a couple VHS compilations that were available back then of early silent animation. And I, when I was eight or nine years old, seeing those things i thought some of them were very crude and maybe even a little boring but it took a a couple years for me to realize that these earliest animated films were some of the more um some of the more offbeat and and surreal and um it's very fascinating to see people inventing an art form as they go along from scratch and and the fact that it's all so rare and so lost and so hard to see a light bulb went off off over my head and i said i have to do something about this and i set out to a few different things came together but i pretty much set out to become a film collector and look for these things and try and find more of them so it started out as a personal thing I wanted to see this stuff and and enjoy it and learn about it and then I realized eventually that there's a whole general public of people who are also not able to see this stuff and watch this stuff and maybe I can make a greater impact with all that
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I remember um, I I have a VHS tape of Felix cartoons that my library (laughs) discarded it's the uh-huh. one with um, with the the Felixes marching towards the the front of the tape, and they all have yes. the signs. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, I think future is future Ritzy on that tape, but that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, and it all and it has very um, kind of spacey music to go with it. It's, it's very weird uh, music choices. Um, it's, a, it's <laughs> an ode to
1: the nineties that yeah, music. Boy, boy. Yeah,
0: <laughs> them and um there's a lot of uh Kino would put out slapstick tapes too at that time and they also right. had like these alloy orchestra soundtracks mm-hmm. they're just very uh very odd i don't i don't know why they made those choices but uh, modernist interpretive things yeah yeah i mean uh, i like having the option if i want to but right. i don't know anyways uh so um, wh- where do you find these cartoons where have you found uh Where have you found these prints? As as I understand it, a lot of uh, your material, especially that you have in your in-house archive, is 16 millimeter, right? For the most part, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um,
1: By and large, a lot of
0: them have come from eBay
1: or from other collectors. Uh, Maybe other collectors who don't necessarily uh, specialize in this but have Mm -hmm. things here and there eBay has been very important since the beginning almost because that's where you'll get things that are not um not always coming from the collector community you'll get things that are coming out of estates that people had 70, 80 years ago for other reasons and now it's available hmm. um A lot of this stuff is even scarce among the collector community i i kind of have to step outside of it most of the time to get this material but mostly online auctions sometimes from talking to other collectors and once in a blue moon um sometimes antique shops or flea markets or things Mm -hmm. like that but it's a pig in a poke you never know what's going to turn up or where it's going to be and it's
0: um it's
1: always a big question mark that whole
0: yeah that whole thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh what what were some of the uh what, what were some of your most exciting finds? The the ones that were just the most thrilling. <laughs> That's a good question. There have been a
1: lot of them, but there's a story that a lot of people like to hear okay. me me tell in passing. It's also it comes to us by eBay, maybe not Maybe a little bit unfortunately, but um, I wound up acquiring a collection of about 50 films that were on an earlier format, which is 28 millimeter.
0: Oh, yes.
1: Something that most people don't know exists. It's a very obscure. um, Started out as a safety film alternative to 35 millimeter nitrate film in the teens, and this is before 16 millimeter was around. So some people had this stuff. They were filming, making home movies, or renting stuff to show in this obscure format. Mm-hmm. But about, let's say, seven or maybe six or seven years ago, um, some films like this started to be listed on eBay. And it turns out a couple of radio repairmen in the Midwest, they came upon a an abandoned barn that had something like two or 300 of these films just sitting in there for 80 years oh my god yeah and the the canisters were all rusty the roof was probably leaking on them and everything and out of that lot of stuff that they wound up piecing out and selling i acquired something like 50 films that were early uh, bray studios animation wow from 1916 to 20 or so 21 and these are all prints that were made around that same time they're almost like year of release prints that look like 35 millimeter quality so it's really crazy what might be out there like
0: that yeah that's that that's nuts especially uh it, it seems like a lot of bray from that era is uh is missing you know i mean there's always like the I believe like crazy cat goes a wooing is sort of the one yeah. everyone one brings up or uh-huh. uh, a, a random inkwell short here or there. Yeah. Um, so that's really, uh, that that's quite exciting. That's, that's like uh, yeah. almost on par with finding the uh, Edison Frankenstein in a, uh, I, yeah, <laughs> in, a, in a barn. <laughs> exactly. Oh, oh my goodness. <clears throat> uh, what are some of your uh, personal favorites as you've been digging through? personal favorites that's a very difficult thing for
1: me to answer personal favorites i'm i'm kind of bad with lists of favorites but
0: they're um, all your favorites they're all my <laughs>
1: yeah. babies they're all my favorites <laughs> i love them all um yeah. there are a couple felix shorts here and there that one of my all-time favorites is bray's first film uh the artist's dream from 1913 it's just so uh cute and inventive in its early animation way Mm. and really something that is fascinating because that film is is the catalyst that got bray a distribution deal and made him practically found the animation industry and it's been fascinating to me that that film has not been more um readily available or uh, seen or known over the decades. And there are reasons for that, but that was something that I wanted to correct when I put out a um, Brace Studios collection a
0: couple mm-hmm. years ago. That's so, the one I don't have yet. That's the one you will get at some point. That is right. That's right. It's, it's the, well, it's the one or the only one. So yeah. I, I definitely got to get that and, and see that. We'll look at that. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I noticed uh, too, this is just a, an observation, but. Um, just, uh, especially with your first Blu ray, uh, Cartoon mm-hmm. Roots, um, what a dynamic selection it is. It really is sort uh. of a, a great, uh, breadth of samples of the era. Mm-hmm. Did, did you choose that sort of like a purposefully as sort of like here is the uh, here's the Tommy Stathis primer? Because <laughs> that's kind of what it feels like to me watching it. Like,
1: yeah, it's um. I had that in mind, a primer of sorts, and I had to be a little creative with that because of very limited resources here. I wound up using some films that had already been prepared for um, a TCM broadcast. Mm-hmm. So in that case, there were some films on that collection that we had already done some restoration to and and prepared digitally, and so I didn't have to start that from scratch or it was already paid up in that sense Mm -hmm. um but yeah i in doing that i wanted to put together a really wide selection of things from all different studios and characters and it's really hard to sum up the period in one bunch of films but i think it's i think it's a pretty healthy mix in there Mm
0: -hmm. and i feel like too you you get um you, you get some examples of the outrageous as well yeah, uh, I I think in particular the uh, the uh, Aesop fable short with the hippos stick out to me as being oh, the, yeah. one that made my jaw drop. <laughs> just, <laughs> oh, I can't believe they did that. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, folks, just get the get the Blu Ray and look it up. It's uh, yeah. it's uh, it's it's something else. You'll be with some silent cartoons. You'll be charmed
1: pleasantly surprised and pleasantly shocked sometimes yes
0: and i found myself being particularly (laughs) charmed by the uh the dinky doodle shorts oh yeah, those are a great deal of fun Mm -hmm. Uh, and who knew walter lance was a competent uh glasses comedian pretty much yeah i was very surprised by that he's he's not half bad no on screen not at all um the the music for these shorts that uh that you have here, some some of which is done by Robert Israel. That's um, right. And yeah. and his music for these shorts is beautiful. That's um, beautiful. Uh, how'd you get into contact with him to and and these other folks like Ben Modell and all that to uh, to to agree to score the cartoons? You know, this isn't like uh, I I ask this because it seems to me that. Um, the only thing less respected in the classic film field than mm-hmm. cartoons is probably movie serials. So uh, uh, I, I imagine right. I I I see the the credits as it come up. Is Robert Robert Israel did music for this? Like, <laughs> how, how how did he get that? So tell me, how did you get that? Oh well, that's
1: that was part of the creative aspect that that we were able to arrange through the um, the TCM. Airing of some of those shorts that I mentioned. So prior to this, maybe I think that collection was released in 2015 or so, like a couple of years before that, or two or three years before that, we had done a broadcast of some of these shorts on TCM. And with a special project like that, otherwise, this isn't typical of me. With a special project like that, I had a budget in place to be able to commission. Some people like this to score these films, and they came up with really quality musical scores. I mean the Robert Israel stuff is beautiful, oh yeah,, uh, and that's not even his full orchestra. that's an ensemble in some cases of two or three people with him but yeah. uh, he he really put some beautiful stuff together, and some of it's a f- um I'm forgetting which film's offhand at the moment, but some of it's him. Playing a uh, a photo
0: player machine
1: of, like a piano. Oh, really?
0: Yeah, with oh, the piano
1: with all the live yes. sound effects. Yeah.
0: I I want to um, uh, there's a fella I forget his name who who owns like two of them, those mm. uh, those photo player machines. Chuck
1: uh, Renato. Maybe that's, that's it. That's thing. it. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: That is someone who I also would love to get an interview with mm-hmm. and just have him have him gab my ear off about the photo player. <laughs> I want to know everything about it. Uh, For for, for the folks at home, please explain the the photo player. (laughs) Oh gosh,
1: I'm no expert, but it's think of an upright piano, but maybe a very large one. And in, in addition to having a set of keys, you've also got, a, I think, a piano role player, so it can automatically play music in addition to whatever you're playing. And you've got all of these literal bells and whistles these handles these pulleys on the sides of the machine that if you pull one of them there's a mechanism in the machine that makes a certain sound effect so it could be a car honking or something like that and there's a bunch of these sound effects on there so if somebody's a really gifted piano player and their timing is really right they can play not only a song but they can put in live sound effects while they're playing this song. And it's really an ingenious contraption. And the sound is wonderful, too.
0: Yes. And they have drums. They're snare drums. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, you can look up on YouTube. Uh, there is Joe Renato, I believe, has a YouTube. Yeah. And uh, one, one of one of his videos is a photo player playing the, the entry of the Gladiators. <laughs> and it is oh, it's just it's perfect. It, it's it is it is something to behold because he you know he pans the camera across, you get to see the thing working, and it's just uh it's a it's a, oh yeah. It, 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 if you're someone like me who very uh-huh. much enjoys um, uh, imagination through limitation, yeah, then uh, <laughs> then the photo player is full of it. <laughs> um, so let's see here. Um, I kind of bounced around with my questions. Let me see if I Oh, sure. here we go. Um, I really appreciate that. Uh, in some cases, in on, on your your Blu-ray, your DVD sets, that mm-hmm. you chose to retain the home movie titles. Yeah. Um, I feel like uh, certain uh, reproduction houses, certain uh, restoration houses, would mm-hmm. work around. Like, I know George Eastman House probably would would do this, where they would kind of recreate the titles yeah. instead but I really appreciated getting to see the home movie titles in these cases and some of them are actually quite beautiful yeah um, they really are uh... Uh, things like Commonwealth or uh mm-hmm. or uh call out to uh to my hometown kodak yeah and uh yeah Hi. uh so what 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 led you to, to to want to to leave those in instead of just having them be recreated
1: there's a, a bunch of uh, reasons behind that. First of all, um, I got into all this as a 16 millimeter collector, N- not let's say as a traditional film historian, maybe turned archivist who's working in a in an archive and trying to make completely faithful to original restorations of things. I started as a 16 millimeter print collector, so what a, a lot of what I wound up collecting happens to be reissue prints or TV prints and all of those later reissues of films all of that activity is very fascinating to me and I have Mm. appreciation for how that was all done and why it was done and a lot of people decry that stuff because they wound up butchering titles they wound up editing films but um, that's a secondary problem to me I think that In my case, I appreciate that those films were rehabbed in some way at all because it it very likely could not have been the case and they would be completely lost now. Mm -hmm. So there's an importance in appreciating how the films were handled over the decades, even if it's something that would really bother a purist at this Mm -hmm. point, it's not faithful to the original. Mm -hmm. The other thing is there've been a couple of exceptions where we've created something that we think looks original, but I just think in, in my case, I won't speak for anyone else doing this kind of work. I think it's in bad faith for me to put something out there that we think if we're not pretty sure or absolutely sure we think might be true to an original Title card design, but we don't actually know, and we're passing it off as a fake that's supposed to be real. Hmm. Um, like I said, there's been a couple of exceptions, but I, think I don't want to. The
0: pup was one, was that an exception? Uh, um, the, the pup cartoon, I can't remember that.
1: Might I can't remember if that was a French print or what, hmm. but there have been a few things like that with Toby the Pup, yeah. Uh, let me think to, to retrain my thought on that. Um, uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, there there have been other studios, other companies that I just call them fakes. They put these fake original titles on things, and they're designed in a way where anybody with a discerning eye can tell, oh, somebody just photoshopped that. It's not really the yeah. the... The lettering isn't so proper. The the resolution it doesn't move like the rest of the film. There's something always off with it, uh, and I just don't want to half-ass that kind of stuff. Mm. If if something if something exists as a reissue print and we have no idea or no or no um, no probable clue as to what it originally looked like, I don't want to fake it. I want to put it out there as it is and have people witness it that way mm-hmm. and i think that otherwise most people are not going to be collecting the 16 millimeter prints and it's also a right. good way of, of passing along that information to them of what, what what happened to these films and what did they look like after the fact otherwise yes. nobody would know that right so
0: i, I in did... my, oh go ahead Sorry.
1: yeah in my later um like the halloween one in the uh the next one that's coming out soon a bobby bumps collection if we've got original titles on some of the films or if we've um we haven't really faked many but if if we've presented something with original titles and i also have reissue titles on hand i will include um in extra features I'll include pictures of that and information on that just so people get to see
0: it and, and learn about it I, and, I love that I yeah love that. Uh, I, I I I was uh, when, when watching a, a couple of the, the prints I don't remember <laughs> which ones but but it did kind of send me down a little, little rabbit hole uh, online <laughs> like okay well what was what were silent cartoons on TV like You know, what, what did that, what did that mean? So, you know, it was only, I guess, in the (laughs) fifties, they were kind of all (laughs) all gone by the sixties, but still like the idea of coming home, uh, from school and then seeing Mm -hmm. Coco the clown on, on TV is fascinating to me. (laughs) What, what a world that would have been. Um, and, and, and that, and that was perfectly acceptable too it was perfectly acceptable it was a necessity
1: in some cases there just wasn't a lot of new product around to use to fill up those time slots and And a lot of the kids i've i've talked to a lot of people who grew up in that era they watched these films on tv and most of them didn't realize that the films were as old as they are Mm. and they were just presented unironically here's a cartoon and they were Still fun and enjoyable, so there wasn't really an, an ageist problem with it either. Mm. Uh, it was it was consumed like any other thing, and I think that that's pretty cool yeah. in its own way.
0: Live action silent films didn't quite get that treatment, <laughs> no. <Yeah. laughs> and I think that's
1: what separates animation from uh, live action. It's it it, it doesn't date in the same way or at the same rate in my opinion Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because it's so already being an animated picture it's already so far removed from reality it's just not going to age the same way a live action let's say a silent comedy would
0: right right Mm -hmm. Um, I just have a couple more questions for you Uh, yeah one of which is um, is uh, can you tell us about your cartoon carnivals that you do oh boy yes Yes. (laughs) I'm always uh I I, on your Instagram uh you will often post pictures of it and I see them and I think man you know let's see how far away is Buffalo from Brooklyn (laughs) can I make the drive (laughs) you know but yes I'd say
1: work it into a a New York City trip that you're going to make one day (laughs) there you go there you go Uh, that's what
0: that's what we ought to do
1: oh where to begin well we can work backwards I guess uh, once a month I put on a screening of let's say 12 to 15 of these cartoons but the the time periods are very varied I'll go from the early silent stuff and I'll show things up until the 40s and 50s just to get a really good um, cross-section of things to something for everyone that sort of idea and. These are strictly 16-millimeter film screenings. So whether it's a storefront or an underground do-it-yourself art space or any other kind of venue, uh, I will show up with a film projector and set out chairs, and we'll put on a show. And this has been going on this June. It'll be 10 years that I've been doing this. Wow. And it's going to be the 80th program in June. So it was not always once a month, but it has been for the past few years. And it's it's a lot of work. It's not easy to arrange that, especially once a month. And Mm. it's a lot of fun. And I have a a real joy doing it to be able Mm. to show these films to new audiences and to show
0: them on film. Yes really special it's to me. becoming a rarer and rare occasion right um i used to live in rochester uh, mm-hmm. and uh, of course that's where the george eastman house is and uh, i used to be able to see movies on film on the regular mm-hmm. right and now that i live an hour away there are no theaters in this whole <laughs> city of <laughs> buffalo that show movies uh-huh. on film and i miss it so dearly It's um, yeah it's so bad yeah <laughs> I, I mean I have my I have an eight millimeter projector. Uh but it's not, not quite the same. It's uh it's a little janky, you know. Oh it's it's
1: better than nothing.
0: I suppose um, so. Yeah, Actually, that's... you know, I think I may have bought a print from you years ago. Really? Now that I think about it. It's uh it's uh the cat and the canary. Oh yeah, on um, feature film, uh, it's uh, but uh, I have to uh, edit it a little bit because it's on 600 foot reels and my projectors don't take 600 foot reels, so I have uh, to uh, cut it up a little bit. I but, think uh, I I remember selling one
1: of those and maybe you were the buyer. So.
0: That, that could have been, could have been, <laughs> uh, but but I I I remember that just seeing the cartoons on film logo, mm. and thinking like I think I got something with, with that in my closet, (laughs) like, wow. Yeah, sure enough. Yep. But, uh, so, uh, and can we coax you to do a tour of these, uh, these cartoon carnivals? I would like to do that. My, my main,
1: um, my main roadblock is how to make that work financially Mm. um and what what are some of the other logistics that would go into it so i'm i'm definitely open to it it would just have to be uh certain things would have to be figured out but Mm. anything within the same state at least i think should be uh investigated should be done at some point i Mm. would like to do it in other cities
0: Mm. Let's yeah. see what we can make happen. <laughs> let me know, let Tommy know if you want to see him make a trip uh trip out to Western New York. Yeah, uh, there maybe you go. it might happen. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I would love oh. that. Um well, I have just one more question for you Tommy. This is we're we're getting a little past the half hour mark. Um, That's okay. so we'll uh get you out of here, but uh are there any future projects Uh, you can divulge to us any future projects well as i
1: I tell people who miss my screenings there will always be more of them unless i drop dead so there are there are going to be many more of these cartoons carnival screenings up ahead for probably years and years and years but other than that um there are we spoke a lot about the a cartoon roots blu-ray that stuff Mm -hmm. my one of my main goals has always been to re-release more and more of this material as possible Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: i've come up against many walls in the process of doing that and i've i've had a very slow time of it but there will be probably two if not three more releases in that series this year. Wow. And yeah, it's, it's been weird. I, I've, I've, I would have wanted to get maybe at least two or three out per year, but there've been a lot of problems preventing mm-hmm. me from doing that. So there've only been three out on the market right now, and there's going to be a fourth one coming up maybe even next month. I think that's going to be a Bobby Bumps collection, all, all right. Bobby Bumps, all wow. early, rare stuff. Wow. Somebody somebody made a comment on a Facebook post, and they said something like, are, are there even enough Bobby Bumps cartoons around to make up a complete set? And I said, we've got material for probably three sets here. So. Wow.
0: <laughs> that is something. See, I was having myself the same question. It's, yes. it's like, what? Are you going to? You're gonna have Bobby Bumps takes a beanery on the bum like six times. Like, what does that mean? (laughs)
1: That one's so that one's been seen so much. It's not even on this initial collection. Well, thank (laughs) you. I love (laughs) that film though. Yes,
0: yes, um, yeah. That's 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 thrilling.
1: I have so much of the material. It's just so hard for me to do much with it without the money in place. But yeah, there's gonna be that. Cannot exactly reveal the one coming up right after that, but it's um, the one hint I'll give is that it features, let's say, one of two of the absolute biggest major silent cartoon superstars oh. that work out there. So that's going to be fun and
0: exciting. Oh boy! Um, I take it these problems that you've been running running into yes. are, are these mostly of a legal variety.
1: Not even legal, more um, more financial and uh, workflow-related issues mm-hmm. in, in terms of certain collaborators that I'm working with and just scheduling things properly.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But um, some of these projects I've had to crowdfund in order to get them rolling. And the, the issue with that, it's great, and I'm, I'm going to keep doing that. But the issue with that is if something... If a project doesn't wrap up anytime soon, I can't keep going back and doing more uh, campaigns for other projects. Right. I have to fulfill something first. So this Bobby Bumps thing has actually taken almost, I don't know, three and a half years to complete. So I've i have been really yeah. kneecapped by that. and I, I couldn't go back and do more fundraisers for other projects i would have liked to but i couldn't do it that way but i think as the next one or two come out i i hope that that bottlenecking of sorts will clear up and maybe it'll be more of a regular release schedule
0: Mm -hmm. yeah restoring film uh it it, Mm -hmm. it, uh it, it sounds like it takes perhaps a little more than just putting it into a machine and boom out pops your digital file that's right. So, yes. Yeah. It's much more that. than a telecine or however you say no. it. A T- teliscene.
1: Tele- yeah. Telecine. So I never had to back- say the
0: word out loud. So.
1: Telecine, yeah. So back <laughs> when we were kids and we got a kino collection on VHS, they would do some. Uh, you know, they would tweak the stuff a bit, but back then you'd put something through a telecine. you'd get a tape master, and that was your new version of the film. Now we're trying to do really high-quality restoration. So that involves having somebody go in and um, stabilize the picture shot by shot so it's not jittering around anymore and then running... Dirt cleaning, auto passes, and then manual passes—just trying to clean the picture up—and it's very tedious. It takes a lot of time, and it takes a lot of um, a bunch of collaborators, anyway. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's not just me sitting at home cutting stuff up in Final Cut. I, I do a little bit of that in the initial prep, but there's usually three or four people involved in getting one of these things wrapped up, and it, it can—it's easy for. That to unravel and things to take much longer than they should.
0: So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, S- Steve, um, Steve Stanchfield. Uh, S- Stanchfield. Okay, uh-huh. I was wondering how to yeah. say that name. Uh, mm-hmm. He has a he has a YouTube channel. Uh, folks at home, he has a YouTube channel that that sort of goes through some of these processes, including unboxings of nitrate film, which is right, uh, which is fascinating uh, and yeah. scary uh-huh. at the same time. <laughs> um. Yeah, uh, and folks, really, you should check out these Blu-rays. Uh, I, I Before seeing these, my previous experience running into silent films has been poor scans of poor prints mm-hmm. um, with uh, either no music or uh, lazily added music. And these Bye. Blu-rays, these DVDs, are not that. They are very lovingly and uh, carefully tended to, and presented. <laughs> and uh, they're very, very much worth your time. I was uh, I, I was taken aback at how beautiful the, the prints and the restorations were. So uh, definitely check those out, folks. Um, Tommy, before we yeah. go, uh, mm-hmm. tell us where we can find your stuff. Where can you find my stuff? Currently,
1: I have just one functioning website at the moment which needs to be updated but that is more of a personal uh, tommyjose.com mm-hmm. and um that has information about my work the collection and um other things that i do but i have to build that out a little bit more my, my online presence other than that i've got um, I've got a few things on YouTube as well under Cartoons on Film. That's the channel name. Mm-hmm. I've got um, the Instagram that you could link to if you want. Sure. The of course. Uh, other than that, I've just got the Blu-rays up on Amazon, and that's about it
0: for now. That's All about right. it for right. now. Yeah. And and if you're in Brooklyn, look out for the uh, Cartoon Carnivals yes that would be great we need new blood (laughs) yeah go go out and see it i wish i could um well thank thank you you very much tommy for agreeing to be on this podcast and for, for giving your time it's my
1: pleasure thanks for having me you're very welcome